Hi, everyone. I'm Scott Branley. And I'm Alicia Coakley. Every member of the church has a story to share, one that can instill faith, invite growth, and inspire others. On today's episode, we're going to hear how a former agnostic went from feeling unseen and unloved to discovering just how much she matters to God. Welcome to Latter-day Lights. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Latter-day Lights. We're so glad that you're here with us, and we're really excited to introduce our guest today, Mika Reed. Mika, how are you? Very good. How are you? We are doing, doing really great. good. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. <clears throat> I yeah, am so- super excited. You have a book that is being released right yeah yeah that's my dot matters my dot and you're going to be sharing your story about that today so i'm just going to tell you listeners you are probably going to want to go pick up your yourself a copy be sure to look in the description for that link i think this is going to be a really really awesome you know awesome story here (laughs) thank you so i don't really know your story but i'm guessing your book is is tells about your story yeah, it talks right? about the details of my story and um, my faith journey um, okay. and just the things that Heavenly Father did to let me know that I matter. That's Aww. awesome. That is so cool. All right. Well, before we get into that, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. I have two children. Uh, one is 24 and one is 17, a boy and a girl. Um, I work in TV and film. And I write um, and direct, and um, cool. I just like to—I like to do a little, a lot of stuff here and there. I've got my hands in like every pot there is to have your hands in. I—I <laughs> uh, I live in Cincinnati, Ohio, and um, I was raised between Cincinnati and Hyattsville, Maryland. So I just oh. went back and forth every year. So yeah. Wow. So what kind of like? writing do you do is it like tv shows or commercials or like what are you i what are you in (laughs) i write um i write for commercials so i come up with the script for commercials and i write uh short films and occasionally i get to write an industrial film which is like those are usually international so that's like a lot of fun yeah oh i like that well, if you ever want to make a character whose name's Alicia Coakley, I mean, <laughs> just throwing that out there. <laughs> I will remember that. I will remember that. Just don't get a super old lady to play me, okay? <laughs> and I've and now we've got this on film saying that I have your permission. There you go. There you go. She just has to be a really awesome character, though. She can't be. She can't be a turd. <laughs> I got you. I got you. No problem. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, boy. Oh. So how did you find us, Mika? Um, I was on YouTube, and it's really hard to find, like, um, blogs and blogs about, like, Latter-day Saints and yeah. Mormons and people in the church. Like, there aren't, there aren't many out there. And so I was looking for something that could, like, kind of uplift me a little bit um, outside of, like, what I learned in church because I'm always trying to learn more. Um, and I stumbled across your podcast and I just, I don't know, I just got stuck and I just started binge watching your podcast for like (laughs) weeks at a time. And I tried to go through all of them and I just couldn't (laughs) stop. And I was doing stuff at home and I had it playing in the background and it was just, I don't know, it was addicting. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah. how how much binging did you do? Binging did you do before you were like, okay, I have to share my story. Was it was it? Oh my quickly? gosh. Let's see. I went like four months back or more. Like oh, wow. the last person I saw was Bonner. Last name Bonner. Oh Molly. Yes. And, oh, his, and he was it. talking about building statues for mm-hmm. African Americans and mm-hmm. the and the um the history and things like yes. that, which was like super interesting to me right? because. I don't see much African-American stuff in the church. Right. Um, And even in my own ward, I'm like, there's only two of us. So really? (laughs) Yeah. And one's a really old guy. So. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. But yeah, so that that really, you know, 
struck me or got my attention. Um, mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, so they, they will let anybody come on here. Not anybody, like, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Anybody who has a story in it and there's yeah. no discrimination or it doesn't have to be like, you know, when you're black, you look at certain things and you're like, would they ever allow me to do it too? Mm. You know? And so I was like, oh yeah. Okay. I have a chance. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, we we love it. I I think it's fun because we've even had people from we call it across the pond, right? Like from over in England and Ireland. And, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like, there's it's such a melting pot of yeah. stories. And I love it so much because I feel like it just, um, it really helps me to see just how much each and every one of us are children of God. Like we are, yeah. just, we really are. I know it sounds so cheesy and cliche, but we really are just like a big family and I just love it so much. And yeah, so I'm excited. I'm so excited. And I, <laughs> oh, I don't know. I just can't stop smiling and my cheeks are going to hurt by the end of this episode. I just know. Same. <laughs> Same. <laughs> All right. Well, we're excited to hear your story, Mika. So let's give you the floor. Okay. So uh, my story starts in 2018. Um, The missionaries had been coming to my house um, for basically that whole year, trying to get us to, when I say us, my family and I, to open the door to them. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And we didn't want to be mean. We didn't want to be like, get out of here. Don't ever come back or anything like that. So we just kept leading them on like, oh, maybe next time. Or And then when they would show up, we would hide or we wouldn't answer the door. Um, or if they caught us on the way out, we would just like, oh, um, yeah, I'm not going to be back tonight until really, really late. It didn't even matter if we were only going to be gone like an hour or something like that. We were just like making a ton of excuses mm-hmm. to like make sure they left us alone. And they were really uh-huh. sweet girls. They were very sweet girls. And um, we always had the sister missionaries trying to get our uh-huh. attention. Okay. And okay. Um, so I had been going through a lot during that time period. And that's another reason why I didn't want to be dealing with the missionaries. I had my own personal problems, my struggle with depression and anxiety and trigger alert. Um, we're going to be talking about some suicidal ideation and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um But yeah, so I I struggled with that. And that's something that I struggled with since I was like seven years old. So I've I've always struggled Mm -hmm. with those feelings of inadequacy and um, just feelings of being small, not not mattering. Um, I don't know what you would necessarily call it. But um, so I was kind of feeling like that towards the end of the year. And um, it was the day before my birthday. And I tried to commit suicide. Um, it didn't work. Hence I'm here today, but, but it, it led me to the psych ward. So like the guy picked me, tried to pick me up and take me to the psych ward and my son, I hid behind my son because I didn't want them to take me. And he promised to take me to the nearest psych ward. So I went in there and it was stereotypical. That's the best way I can describe it. You know, I I hate to say that it was like a bad psych ward, but it was like everything you've ever seen on the movies. There was another psych ward. There was another one that was closer, like 30 minutes away from my house. That was like really good. But it was kind of like a rush because of what I had tried to do. Mm -hmm. And so I stayed in the psych ward for. Oh, I'd say about three weeks. And I went through the psych ward from November 13th all through Thanksgiving. And then I got out and had to do the outpatient program and the intensive program. So like all of that wrapped together went from November 13th to January 7th. And so during that whole time, the missionaries had been trying to get into our house to teach us a lesson. Okay. So, um, After that happened, after I got out of the psych ward and everything like that, um, we started like making plans to um, do my medical care and all of that stuff that needs to be done, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and that was like the main focus of 2019, like my medical care, Um, going back and forth to to see the psychiatrist, uh, making sure I had the proper medication 
still battling depression, not being able to get out of bed, you know, those kind of things. Um, and so when the missionary showed up at the end of the year, which was like in December of two, 2019, we were finally like, all right, you, you've earned it. You know, <laughs> you've earned it. You've been chasing us for almost two years. So wow. like, come on in. Right. Yeah. And so they come into the house and it's just me because my son ran upstairs to like not talk to them and hide. Right. And my boyfriend, because <laughs> my husband was my boyfriend back then, mm-hmm. he ran upstairs. He didn't want to have anything to do with him. My daughter was in Kentucky at school. So um, I'm sitting there in the living room. They come into the house and I just burst into tears. Now I'm usually pretty stoic. So that was something weird, like Mm. straight off, straight off the top. Like I just burst into tears and I start spilling my guts about everything that happened and how I wasn't trying to avoid them, but I was avoiding them (laughs) and how, Uh and you know, how I had so much going on in my life and I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And they were confused. And they were like, oh, no, you think we're the same missionaries. We're different missionaries. We swap out. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) You mean I let you in here and you weren't even the same people? So so they sit down and they're like, we just want to be your friend. We came here to tell you we want to be your friend. And I was like kind of suspicious of that. I'm like, what do you mean you want to be my friend? And they were like, well, you know, we came by your house. We had a note. They said they had a note or something like that in their system. And so they go by everybody's house. Mm -hmm. And so they just said, I want to let you know that Heavenly Father cares for you. Like, I really feel like you need to know that. And at that time, I felt like Heavenly Father didn't even know I existed. Like, and if he if he existed he didn't know I existed. And if he didn't exist, then of course he doesn't know I exist. You know what I mean? Like I just, cause you said earlier that to to me over the phone, you were agnostic. Yeah. And your, your, well, then boyfriend, your now Mm -hmm. husband, he was atheist. atheist. Yeah. He was atheist. Mm -hmm. Right. And And do you want to share a little bit more about like your, your family situation there and stuff? Oh, with him being atheist or just, yeah, just like how, how the dynamic was like, you guys weren't going to okay. church or anything, right? No, like, we he definitely weren't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely weren't going to church and we definitely weren't living the gospel. Um, we were definitely shacking and, doing <laughs> <laughs> and living like we were married and we were not married and, and the missionaries thought we were married, but gotcha. it was like, no. And they were just like, okay, well, we'll work on one thing at a time. But as far right. as like religion was concerned, we we got along great because God was not an issue. You know, it was right. like the right. two things you don't talk about, religion and politics, we never talked about. So wow. it was great. <laughs> and so when the missionaries came in, um, I told them to prove it that God actually sent them because I didn't believe them. I'm like, mm. he doesn't even know I exist. So prove it, you know, that you were sent mm. by him. So they have these, um, they carry these cell phones um, with them and they have like little maps on them. Mm-hmm. And they told me that they pray every morning to find out who they should like go to, you know what I mean? To who they should try to teach or whatever. Right. And that heavenly father gives them like, certain houses, certain names and things like that. And so they told me that when they did it that morning, that, that my house was chosen. And then they showed me the cell phone with my dot there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, are you sure that's my dot? And they were like, yeah, that's your dot. You matter to God. And that's actually how I came up with the title of the book, because, you know, I didn't know that I mattered. And then when I saw that dot, which is something so small, I know, and so like a dot, you know, but Mm -hmm. it really like spoke to me in that moment, like, hmm, maybe I, maybe he does see me, maybe, maybe he does love me, you know, I was, it, it began to open up my, my mindset or my, you just, just my outlook, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. 
of things. And so they gave me the Book of Mormon that night. And they were like, read the introduction. And so I read all the introduction and about Joseph Smith and everything like that. And I was immediately suspicious because everybody was related in the beginning. All the witnesses, <laughs> all the witnesses were related. And I'm just like, mm, maybe they all got together and just like decided to do this. This is kind of suspicious. Right. And then, but then I was like, okay, just give it a full chance. Don't just like cut yourself off. Keep reading. Because <clears throat> they told me to read the first chapter of First Nephi. Yeah, I think it was First Nephi. Mm-hmm. And I dove into it, started reading the first chapter of First Nephi, and could not stop reading. Like mm-hmm. it was so captivating. It was it it read like a script. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. as a person in 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 acting and directing and in that kind of creative field, mm-hmm. I could see it play out like a movie. Right. As I was reading it, you know? Yeah. And so I couldn't put it down. And so when the sister missionaries came back like two two days later or something, I was like halfway through first Nephi. And mm-hmm. so they were just like, Oh my gosh, you read like way more than we expected you to read. And so, so I just, you know, they talked to me and they taught me and they just said, just keep reading the book, you know, as much as you can try to get through first Nephi. Mm -hmm. So that's what I was trying to do, like, over the next few days and things like that. So anyway, once we had, once I had started reading the Book of Mormon and everything like that, that made me kind of more interested in maybe going to the church. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. because it was December they were ha- the church was having some kind of a like um, party, like a Christmas oh, like a party Christmas or party, something. Yeah, like a war dinner or something. Yeah. Yeah, 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 like something like that. And they invited our family to the war dinner party or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we went, <laughs> we went there. First, we got in the building and we were like, is this the right building? Like, are we <laughs> supposed to, is this a church? You know? Yeah. Well, first, my boyfriend had to have his cigarette. So he's sitting outside <laughs> of the church smoking his cigarette. Because <laughs> he was a smoker. I wasn't a smoker. I was more of a drinker. Yeah. So, so he's right. out there having his cigarette and we're like looking around like, where's everybody? Because we didn't see anybody. Turned out everybody was in the cultural hall, which I call the gym. gym. I call that the gym. It's still the gym to me, too. Okay. (laughs) And so the missionaries came and was like, okay, well, you know, took us into the cultural hall with them. And so many people were there. Everybody was just like, I don't know. They flocked to us like a magnet. You know what I mean? Uh And it was so overwhelming because everybody wanted to shake your hand. Everybody wanted to fist bump you, (laughs) give you a high five or whatever. And so, and I'm sitting there because I have anxiety, right? So I'm sitting there shaking. I'm having a panic attack, like in the moment. (laughs) And this is just so embarrassing to me because I'm like, this is my first time at church and I'm already having a nervous breakdown. Like this makes no sense. (laughs) So we made it through We made it through that. We were introduced to a lot of people who would later on um, help us out on our spiritual journey. Mm -hmm. And they said, well, come back tomorrow because that happened on a Saturday. Come back tomorrow and we can get you a blessing from one of the I forget what they called them. One of the people that give blessings. Yeah. And so we went to sacrament the next day. And when we went to sacrament, they were voting on something. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh, what is going on? So me and my family, we were all just like looking at each other and everybody's raising their hands and stuff. <laughs> and we're like, we're not registered to vote. Like, are we supposed to vote? Like, and they're just like, no, you don't have to be registered to vote. Just raise your hand. <laughs> and I, so we're like raising our hand and we didn't like know what was going on. We don't even know what we voted for, if our vote even counted. And then after that, they start to pass sacrament. So they're passing sacrament and we see these like puff full from like a couple of um seats ahead of us. They have like puffy something on yeah. the tray. That's all we see. 
the tray looks pristine, but there's something puffy on the tray. So it's going around and everybody's getting some and I'm looking at it and I'm like, this is sandwich bread. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, why are we eating sandwich bread? (laughs) Where's the rest of the meat? (laughs) It was just so weird. Like, why would we eat torn up sandwich bread? This doesn't make any sense. And the sisters are like, go ahead. You can have it. You can have it. So we we're like, okay. So we ate our piece of sandwich bread and everything. And it was the best sandwich bread we ever had in our <laughs> lives. <laughs> it was like, wow, this is the best sandwich bread ever. <laughs> and then they passed, then they passed around the water. And we were just like, okay, now we're gonna have bread and water. That is such a like, that's just such a third world thing to have, like bread right. and water. Third world. <laughs> and so <laughs> And so we take our water. It's the best water we ever had. Like, oh my gosh, everything just feels like next level. I can't explain Mm. it. We were having like a spiritual experience without even realizing we were having a spiritual experience. Because later we found out that water came from the drinking fountain. So there was nothing special about it. I was going to say, I don't think I ever thought that. There have been times where I was like, oh, someone should not ever bring this bread again. Because it was like... (laughs) I'm like, yeah. why are we doing wheat bread? No, I don't want a wheat bread. <laughs> That's how I think now when I see wheat bread. I'm yeah, like, I'm does like, this have nuts in it? What I'm is like, this? No, people, come on. This is blessed. Like, I want some cinnamon cinnamon roll bread. Yeah. Delicious. Banana nut <laughs> bread. Banana bread. There you go. <laughs> Something like that. That's what but I'm yeah. Doing. <laughs> so we we went through all of that and then they say, okay, well, the sacrament was over. People gave, of course, people gave their talks and stuff, but then sacrament ended. So then the missionaries, they're like, okay, follow us. So me and my boyfriend at the time, our son was like, I'm not going. I don't know what's happening. I'm not going. (laughs) So he's waiting in the lobby. So me and um, my boyfriend start heading back down the hallway, following the missionaries to wherever these people are that's going to pray for us. But. But when they said that we were going to get blessed, we were like, well, I don't want to get hexed or nothing. Like, I don't want, (laughs) is this like magic? We don't want no spells or anything. Like, we literally said that because we didn't know, you know. And they were like, they were like, no, it's not a spell. They're just going to put their hands over your head and they're going to pray. So it's like totally safe. We just looked at each other like, okay. So when we got in there, um, there were like three guys surrounding one chair and my boyfriend was like we're like rock paper scissors who's gonna go first (laughs) like so he's like he loses so he goes first how how noble (laughs) i know so he goes first they pray over him and you know everything's everything's fine nobody gets hexed there's no magic spells nothing (laughs) So then I'm like, okay, cool. So it'll be all right for me to go. So Mm -hmm. I get there and I sit down in the chair and they pray for me. And as they're praying, I'm like, I'm going to remember all the stuff they say to me while they're praying, because I'm going to need to bring this back up in my mind later on. At least that's what I think. Right. Mm -hmm. As soon as they said, amen, I forgot everything, everything (laughs) just completely wiped out of my brain. I was like, okay, um, he said, like, even to this day, I have no idea what they said. Really? Nothing. Like, I have no idea. So then we're like, okay, well, let's get out of here because he's jonesing for a cigarette. Mm -hmm. So we are outside the, the door. Oh, I forgot to tell you, before we actually went into the church for sacrament, we met the patriarch. Um, yeah. And he saw my boyfriend smoking outside and he said, that was me when I was young. And we were like, what? And he's like, yeah, I used to smoke cigarettes. And he was like, I smoked my last cigarette the day of my baptism, went in the water and came out and never smoked again. So I was like, I was like, that, that never happened. That never happened. Like that guy is crazy, right? He's just making up stuff to like hook you so that you can go to church. So then we go to sacrament and then we get blessed and then we come out and my boyfriend's sitting there and he's smoking his cigarette or trying to. And all of a sudden he's like, he's making all these faces, he's spitting and carrying on. 
And I'm like, what is wrong with you? You are doing the most. And he's like, the cigarette tastes disgusting. And I was just like, well, why is your cigarette disgusting? You know what I mean? Like, he's like, it was in my pocket the whole time. Nobody got to it or anything because he keeps his cigarettes in his pocket. Mm -hmm. Um, The Uh top one. So he's like, nobody got to it or anything. So I don't know why, why it tastes funny or whatever. And so he threw that cigarette out on the church parking lot ground. And so then, <laughs> so then we get in the car and we're like, oh, we're hungry. Let's go get something to eat because we didn't know you're not supposed to like go out <laughs> on Sundays and spend money and make yeah. people work and all that stuff. We had no idea. So, so we go to this nearby restaurant and before he gets ready to go in, he gets ready to light up another cigarette. That one was worse than the last one. Really? It was like, yes. And he was like wiping his tongue on his hand. Like he was really grossed out. Wow. And so, yeah. So he was so upset. He threw that one out. And then we went in to eat. Now, at this point in time, he's super frustrated because he's been jonesing <laughs> for a cigarette for like a minute now. <laughs> and he's not been able to smoke one because they're so disgusting. And so, and I'm not the most sympathetic person, like, (laughs) at all, because I'm like, you're overreacting, like, it can't be that bad, you know what I mean? And so we go in there, we eat our food and everything, and everything is normal in that respect. Mm -hmm. But when we went outside again, and he's like, okay, because, you know, smokers got to smoke after a meal. Yep. Lights Uh up again, worse than before. And then he's mad. I just want to smoke my cigarette. This is crazy. <laughs> and and something dropped into my spirit. Like now I know it was my spirit, like something dropped yeah. into my spirit. But at that time, it was like something just came to my mind. It was like, why are you trying to tempt God? Like, did I just say that? Like, where did that come wow. from? And so my boyfriend's like, what do you mean tempt God? I don't know. Why? Why are you tempting him? <laughs> Maybe he doesn't want you to smoke anymore, whatever. Yeah. He's like, I don't care what he wants. I just want to smoke my cigarette. He's like, so we're going to go home and I'm going to get my cigarettes. Okay. So we went home and he threw out the pack that he had in his pocket and he went and went to his stash where he keeps all of his cigarettes. Right. At. Mm-hmm. When he went to the stash, all of the cigarettes were gone, like completely gone. He looked around for him and everything. Those cigarettes had just evaporated. He looked all over the place. Could not find them. To this day, we don't know where they are. To this day. What? They're gone. And so so he's like, okay, now I can't can't smoke because every time I smoke, it tastes disgusting to me. And he's not smoked since then. Like. Wow. Wow. That was like a bona fide miracle. Like we wanted to oh call the Vatican and be like, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta check this out because this is definitely, this is definitely a miracle. Like to have something like that happen where one day you're doing just, just fine. You're, you're living your life. And then the yeah. next day it's like, pow. And he didn't feel any different after the blessing or anything, but those blessings have power. So you got to be very oh, yeah. careful with those things because you can't use them all willy nilly. He probably did think it was a curse for a minute there. Yeah, he, <laughs> he did. Meant, they did hex me. <laughs> right? And that's why we don't get blessings cuz we're like those things you you can't be a you can't be a novice messing around with those things. You got to know what you're doing with that. So, but yeah, so he hasn't smoked since then. Wow. So, um so obviously that made us keep going back to the church, right? Because we had never seen a miracle in real life. Yeah. So, right. So we kept going back to the church. I kept reading the Book of Mormon and, you know, the missionaries kept teaching us and we kept like going about our everyday life. Well, I think I read the Book of Mormon in like 30 days. Wow. Yeah, because I started reading it and got halfway through it. And when I got halfway through it, something said to me, you're no longer suicidal. And I was like what? And I heard this voice audibly. It was like inside 
and outside of me at the same time. And it was not even, it wasn't a question. It wasn't, do you feel like you're suicidal? No, it was like, you are no longer suicidal. Just like that, a statement, just like that. And I was like, okay, no longer suicidal. And I haven't been suicidal since then. Like, you're talking about somebody who has been suicidal since seven years old, every day of my life. I've, I've tried to commit suicide so many times and been unsuccessful. It's, it's not even funny how many times I've tried. And the days that I haven't tried, I've wanted to. I've absolutely wanted to. Wow. And to, and to get to that point where you're halfway through the Book of Mormon and you hear somebody audibly say, you're not suicidal anymore, and it actually happens, that to me was like a huge miracle. Wow. And so we saw like two bona fide miracles. And when we tell people about them, they're like, wow, you know, like that doesn't usually happen or we've never heard of anything like that before or or something to that respect. But mm-hmm. but yeah, it was it was very um, I don't know. It, I guess it took that for us to know that that we mattered and that. Christ could actually see us and that God knew who we were, you know what I mean? To kind of like wake us up a little bit. It took like these big things to happen because we definitely were blind. And so as we continue to go on, we're like, you know what? We should get baptized. And so the missionaries start teaching us the baptism lesson. But first, before they started teaching us baptism, they're like, well, you need to know about the word of wisdom. And we're like, okay. So they meet us. They're telling us to meet them in the the meeting room, the meeting house. And they've got these chairs seated, seated in a circle. And they are in the front of the sanctuary, I guess that's what you call it. And so they're on one side. And me and my husband, well, my boyfriend at the time, were on the other side. And they are sitting there and they are talking to us about how we're not supposed to drink coffee, which I was an avid coffee drinker, how we're not supposed to do things that harm our body, like smoke or like eat certain things, um, like have tea, all of this stuff. And not only did my boyfriend smoke, but he loves sweet tea. So it was like, <laughs> you got to be kidding me, man. You're taking everything. <laughs> like, so he was not happy. But then the kicker was, you have to obey the law of chastity. Mm-hmm. And we were like, um, well, that ship is sailed. Because <laughs> right. we're, not, we're not doing that one. <laughs> yeah. We just told them straight out, like, I'm sorry, we're not doing that one. Can we get baptized without doing that? And they're like, no, you can't get yeah. baptized without doing that. You have to show that you really want this. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that... So then you can get baptized. So we're like, well, if we're not going to do it, then what? what's a workaround, right? We're looking for a workaround. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, basically you'd have to like move into separate homes mm-hmm. and like stop having sex and then you could get baptized. And I'm looking at these kids like <laughs> move into separate homes. Do you know what that takes? Like, this- yeah split a whole house in half and like two rents, two mortgages, two like everything like that. That is so expensive Uh just to get baptized. Oh my gosh. So anyway, we decided we weren't going to split our house up. Right. So we said, all right, well, I guess we'll try to be celibate. We failed. We failed terribly, (laughs) terribly. (laughs) I'll just put that out there. (laughs) It didn't work out. (laughs) But they, instead of like getting upset at us because it didn't work out, they chose to focus on some other things like the coffee and the tea and the cigarette stuff. Well, my boyfriend didn't smoke cigarettes anymore, so we were in the clear for that. But the coffee, I was addicted to it. I just Mm -hmm. didn't know it. So I'm sitting there trying to give up coffee and the missionaries are like, well, we want to give up something with you so we can, we can, um, we can be a support to you so we can empathize. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, at least I'm not doing this alone. What are you giving up? Peanut butter. 
Peanut butter. That's all you're giving up? <laughs> what? That is not equal at all. That is not equal. <laughs> like, and they're like, I'm like, that's not fair. And then the missionary, one of them was like, oh, I love peanut butter. I eat it like multiple times a day by the spoonful. I never go past one day without eating it. And oh I'm like, God. I guess you're addicted. I guess that'll work. <laughs> and then the other one is like, the other missionary is like, um, I'm going to give up flavored water. And I'm like, oh, brother, womp, womp. What are these kind of like, right. <laughs> you're not matching my energy. Like, so, so the, the, the missionary said she was going to give up flavored water. She was like, you don't understand. Like, I really don't like the taste of regular water. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's going to be very hard for me to do this. Okay. So we all agree that that's what we're going to give up. I don't know, three or four days in, we're because we're like now in COVID, right? Mm-hmm. So they call me up on Zoom. We like meet on Zoom. And I look disheveled. I look like. I mean, I was laying on the couch. I hadn't done my hair in days. I hadn't eaten anything. My head was throbbing. My color was off. I mean, if I could look pale, I was pale. Like, it was bad. (laughs) It was bad. And the missionary saw me and is just like, so how are you doing? And I'm like, I'm not good. I'm not good at all. I don't think I'm going to make it. How are you doing? She's like, well, it's been kind of hard, but probably not as hard as it's been for you, because this is the peanut butter missionary. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm like, okay, well, at least you're holding tight to that peanut butter thing. And um, the other missionary looked jaundiced when I saw her. So I was like, what is going on with you? You look like your color is off and stuff like that. And she's like, I haven't really been drinking water. Oh my gosh. It's been like four days. You haven't been drinking water? I told you I didn't like the taste of water. Dude, you're going to kill yourself. Like, (laughs) you got to drink water. And so um, we decided as a group that she wasn't allowed to participate anymore because (laughs) she wasn't drinking any water. She was going to die. You know, we were just like, I don't want that on my conscience. What, 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 what is that girl going to tell her mission president if her partner dies because she stopped drinking water? Like there's no excuse for that. So we ended up just letting, letting her do whatever. And we were like, okay, you're the person that will pray for us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so she was, she was the person that prayed for us and everything like that mm-hmm. and helped me through my whole coffee thing. It took me like three or four weeks to kick that coffee thing. Cause I've mm-hmm. been drinking coffee since I was like 12 years old. Wow. Yeah. And I didn't even know I was addicted mm-hmm. until I tried to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And, and um, so then I was like, okay, well now I understand why they don't want you like drinking coffee and tea or getting that kind of caffeine because, you know, you become addicted and they don't want you to be addicted to anything. Right. Right. Um, They want you to have control over your, your body, you know, and and not your body having control over you. Mm -hmm. So anyway, we go through that and they're like, okay, are you ready to do your baptism yet? We're like, yeah, we didn't tell them about the whole law of chastity thing at all because yeah. these missionaries didn't know so we're like okay we're not going to tell them about the law of chastity we're just going to coast through <laughs> so they're like okay we'll set a baptism date <clears throat> and they set a baptism date and i guess like two weeks two weeks before the baptism was supposed to happen we were they were like oh you're gonna have to you're gonna have to get married if you're gonna get baptized and live together you have to get married before you get baptized. We're like, oh my gosh, this church is like ruining our lives. <laughs> and, so, and so, so yeah, so we're like, all right, we'll get married. I mean, we loved each other. We just felt like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know yeah. what I mean? So like, right. And so it wasn't like they were forcing two people who couldn't stand each other to get married. Right. <laughs> So we're like, okay, we'll get married. And they were like, okay, so we'll set a wedding date. Actually, 
we're both still married to somebody else. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, we were still married to our other partners when we got together. So it started to get sloppy after that. (laughs) And so I'm just like, okay, so they're like, well, you kind of have to. You're going to have to get a divorce if you're going to, like, live together and get married. You're going to yeah. have to. <laughs> so we're like, divorce costs too much money. We don't have money for a divorce. And oh, and that's man. probably why we didn't we didn't uh, get the divorce in the first place, is that costs a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I do not recommend right. it. Like, pick mm-hmm. somebody you really like and can stay with forever because divorce will ruin <laughs> you financially. <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. So, so anyway, so it took, let's see, my boyfriend got divorced before he even knew he was divorced. Like his ex-wife had divorced him and already taken half of his money before he realized what happened. Like, oh my gosh. Like, wow. He never had a court date or anything. Wow. wow. Oh my gosh. It was, it was terrible. And I mean, I know I shouldn't be laughing at it, but <laughs> how do you get divorced and not even know that this right. is happening to you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh it gosh. was it was fast. It was very wow. fast on his part. On my part, my my then husband, he he was missing. We didn't know where he was. You know what I mean? So we had to find him. Well, our missionaries were like, well, we can help you find them, you know, and we can help you do all your paperwork. Now, I don't know if these young girls are supposed to be helping a person get divorced or not. Right. (laughs) But I need help. So I'm like, cool. Yeah, I need your help. You can help me find them. Yeah. I said, I don't know where he is, but here's his name, you know, and this, this is about how old he is. This is the last place that you know, I've known him to live. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I went on about my business, filling out all of the divorce papers and stuff. Right. Cause I had to do my own divorce. Um, so they call me back like 24 hours later, we know where he lives. We've got his number. And I'm like, how did you find him? Like I've been trying to find him for like nine years. You know what I mean? I could not find these kids, man. I keep saying kids. These, <laughs> well, they really are. <laughs> <laughs> These missionaries were like super sleuths and, <laughs> and they found him. So I was able to put all that information on the divorce papers and send them in. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're like, okay, now we can plan a wedding. Um, but I guess a few weeks later. Yeah, it took a few weeks. It took like two or three weeks. Um, because of COVID, to get an answer back about whether or not we were going to be able to actually divorce each other. You know what right, I mean? Right. Um, they sent me back a 14-point list of things that I needed to get in order to divorce this man because we couldn't find him. So there's like mm-hmm. things you have to do when you know where your spouse is to divorce him. And things you have to do when you don't know oh, where he okay. is and you want to divorce him. So you have to call every prison, every jail um, in your in your state. You have to um, go through all of his relatives looking for him. You've got to go through like any schools or, or tech tech classes or I mean tech wow. schools and things like that looking for him. You got to you got to run his license. If you have his license plate or whatever, you have to search through the we call it the DMV in Maryland, but what is it? Yeah, the that's what M- we call yeah, it. that's ours too. Okay, okay, yeah. So you had to go through the DMV and everything. It was like a whole bunch of stuff. And oh at gosh. that point, when I saw that list of things that I had to do, I basically broke down and said, "I can't do it. And I just, I can't do this. We just won't. We just won't get married." And the missionaries were like, "Look, just give us the list of stuff, and maybe we can get like some people in the ward to help us out." you know, yeah. with everything. So I said, okay. So the missionaries got people in the ward to do all the like little checklist things. And I needed a lawyer for some stuff and they got a lawyer from the ward to help me. I mean, they, oh they gosh. like put everything together for me. Like I would have wow. never been able to do this. Now it took a full six <laughs> months to divorce the man. 
but I was able to do it strictly because of the missionaries, like strictly because of them. And now they can go back home and say they did a divorce on their mission. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like so we actually they, did they, a divorce on our mission. <laughs> had they thought they found him and then they didn't actually find him? That's why you no, have to they, go through that? The thing is, there was like missing information on the on the first set of documents that went through. Hmm. And you okay. have to give your you have to give your missing spouse a chance to say to whether or not they will yeah, to rebuttal hmm. and also to say whether or not they will show up to court. Hmm. You know? Okay. And sure. so there's a that's why you have a whole list of things you have to do to prove that you actually tried to find this guy, which is like or girl, you know what I mean, which is so hard to do, especially when you just want it over with. You know what I mean? Like and your emotions are high because if you see this person, it, you guys might start fighting or it's just going to be very ugly. That's the reason mm-hmm. why you're not together now. That kind of thing. Right. So but yeah, the missionaries definitely helped us through all of that. And I talk about like every single step in the book that we had to go through and that the missionaries had to go through. And I put text messages in there that we made that all the text messages that we made back and forth, there were tons of them. I put them in the book and everything so that you could, so that you could be placed there, you know, and you can Mm -hmm. feel kind of like what it felt like. Right. And so after we finally got divorced, then um, we were able to set a marriage date. And the date that we set in 2020, general conference was happening. So mm. that was like September or October, October the beginning yeah. of October. Yeah. Mm-hmm. General conference was happening. So we couldn't get married on that day. Mm-hmm. And then there was another date that we had like a few days later. And we couldn't get married that day because the bishop, he's he's like a doctor or something. He had to work that day. Mm. So we're like, well, we kind of need that guy if we're going to get married. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so, um, so, yeah, we ended up um, waiting until October the 10th. And because of COVID, we couldn't have a big wedding. We had right. to have like a small wedding. You know what right. I mean? Um, with only like 10 people in it. And so we had our wedding in the backyard of one of the church members homes wow. and the bishop married us back there. And we live streamed our wedding for our relatives and all the rest of the church was on Zoom and all of that. And we got married and baptized in the same day. Oh, it cool. was <laughs> it was exhausting. Don't ever do it. Don't ever do it. <laughs> It was exhausting, like emotionally, spiritually, mentally. It's exciting. You're happy and all of that stuff. But it's like you're so high up emotionally and excited. And when you come down, it's like a sugar crash. It's so bad. So bad. And we were just like knocked out after that. But yeah, that's that's kind of like after we got married and everything. That's kind of how it all like came back around for me because um, by the time I got married um, in October 10th, 2020, and my birthday had come back around, my life had basically changed completely. I mean, Mm -hmm. my now husband didn't smoke. I was not addicted to coffee anymore. I was no longer suicidal, you know. We had a healthy marriage instead of just shacking with each other. You know what I mean? And and we had the support of so many people because of the church and because mm-hmm. everybody was so vested in helping us become members. And everybody, like, it took everybody in that church for us to become members of the church. Mm-hmm. This was This was not just missionaries helping us like every wow. everybody knows our business in the whole church like there's no secret <laughs> like you know you know people are like well I don't want everybody to know my bit no everybody knows everything about yeah. us because we needed them all to to make it you know what I mean so now you're going from like November 13th the day before my birthday um in 2018 where I was suicidal and trying to kill myself all the way to 
November 13th and 14th around my birthday. And I have a whole new life. Like Mm. it was, it was kind of amazing to us. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And now we know that, you know, we are seen because of so many things that happened. We know that people love us, but we also know now that God and Jesus Christ love us too. You know what I mean? And that we matter to them and um, that they're with us even when we weren't with them because they wanted us to come mm-hmm. to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Wow. Did your did your kids join? Uh, get baptized too? Yes. So awesome. my husband got to baptize. Well, the the guy who who we got married in his yard baptized our son, and then my husband baptized our daughter. Aww. That was awesome. Yeah. That yeah. So it was cool. really cool. It was really cool. Wow. Okay. And so now you guys have officially been members for we three have, years now. Yeah, almost three years. Almost three years. Yeah, October will be three years. Wow. And what does life look like today for you guys? For for him and I, well, we we both have callings. Mm-hmm. So he is what is he? Second counselor in the elders quorum presidency. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And I am what am I? <laughs> young, <laughs> I am the young women's stake presidency secretary. I think that's yeah. how you say okay, that. Yeah. 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 Wow. I think that's how you say that. So I get to work with the young women a lot and do Trek and Trek almost killed me, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> <laughs> I just wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. I didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> There should really be some warnings on some of these activities and things like that yeah. for, for newbies. Because I, I was just you know. thinking, even you know, I, I mean, I grew up in a in a very inactive family, and so I wasn't super familiar with all of the things at church, but I knew some things, right? But I never, mm-hmm. I never thought about it until you were mentioning how you're seeing the bread and the water going around. And you're like, what the heck is this? And like, <laughs> you know, sustaining yeah. people in church and stuff. Uh, yeah, there might need to be. I'm just going to put this out there missionaries who might be listening to the show or those who are going on their mission, maybe disclose some of these normal things to people before you invite them to church. Just let them know, like, this is what's to be expected. And, you know, this is where I'm going to go. And I've been in the church almost three years. Uh And I'm, I literally today just figured out when you're actually supposed to wear garments. Like, (laughs) Okay. I had to ask. I had to ask somebody because I'm like, am I doing this wrong? Like, how is this oh. supposed to be done? Like, when are you supposed to wear them? So have you, you guys, know. you guys have been through the temple and everything then? Yeah, we went and- through um, once together when we got sealed for eternity. Aww. And um, wow. so that was like really cool. Um, mm-hmm. But we were both like super nervous because we didn't know what was going to happen when we touched on that altar. You just oh, yeah. don't know with this church. There's so much power. <laughs> there is so yeah. much power. Like, I think people take it for granted that have been there for a while. Because when mm-hmm. I tell them stuff that happens, they're just like, mm, yeah. you, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm like, this stuff is new to us. Like, right. it doesn't happen every day, you know? So it's yeah. like, never seen miracles like this. I've never, I've never seen God impact a person's life this way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. outside of watching you guys' podcast, you know, mm-hmm. but like for an individual themselves to be able to see it themselves, you know, mm-hmm. it makes it so real. I mean, it is real, but it makes it so real. Right. Right. Wow. Well, what temple did you get sealed in? Um, Which temple was it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what temple it was. But I know I visited Manti. I did some baptism. Oh, yeah. I visited Manti, and we did some baptisms for the dead at Payson Temple. Okay. Yeah. When we we followed one of our missionaries home after her her mission was over, which is also a whole other story. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I can't can't remember. We just got the Columbus Temple out here. So what I think it was Indiana. I think we got okay. sealed in the Indiana Temple because gotcha. that's the one we had before Columbus. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Wow. Cool. Mm-hmm. So yeah. how do your how are your kids how are your kids today like? 
they're uh, they're pretty good, you know. I mean, they love the church and they love participating. They don't have any like callings or anything like that. Um, but I think they like it like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> After seeing everything we went through, they're like, we don't want anything that's gonna put the spotlight on us. <laughs> like... <laughs> so, but have you yeah, seen they changes love it. in their lives? Definitely. Um, our son is less, he, he's, he used to be very moody. I hate to say that, but <laughs> he used to be very moody and hard to predict. And now he's like a regular person. So it's yeah. like, it's so good to nice. like have him back to the guy that he was when he was a lot younger. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yep. At more of a team player. And um, our daughter, she's just flourished. She's got friends in the church. You know, she's um, she's creative in terms of like um, arts and and like, um, what do you call that? Fashion and things like that. Right. So she's got a lot of friends that like her fashion and things and they kind of look up to her and stuff like that. You know, yeah. she's doing very well in school. Like it's been like a, a 180 for her in terms of that. That is awesome. Yeah. I can just see when when the kids are totally out of, you know, out of the nest and gone and whatever else. Like I can totally see you and your husband being called as missionaries yourselves and going <laughs> and being like mission president and wife somewhere and oh I just you have such a beautiful personality. I was right. My cheeks hurt so bad. I'm going to go have to take some like a leave or something like that because you just made me smile so, so much. I can't see anything. Whenever I smile, my eyes disappear. So yeah, it's like same. open my eyes. <laughs> but I, oh my gosh, this has just been absolutely incredible. I cannot wait to get a hold of your book and to read all of the little things. It's, it yes. is so hard sometimes, right? To put a whole story in a short really one hour, is. you know, session. So I'm super excited to get your book, My Dot Matters, and to be able to read more of the miracles and the stories. You, gosh, like just, it is, it is awesome to me to see that, that there are people out there who are still experiencing miracles in big ways, you know, and it's yeah. small for you, right? Like, like, no, it was like, huge oh, it's for a us. small thing, but it's like <laughs> such a big thing too. Yeah. And I love that significance of like, just the, you know, looking at the missionaries map and seeing all these little dots and just mm-hmm. knowing that like that little dot is so significant. It is mm-hmm. so important. And yeah, you know, I just, uh, I had a great time. <laughs> Me too. Me yeah. too. It is fun to see the the newness and the discovery mm-hmm. of people finding the gospel and finding, you know, the truths that it teaches yeah. and it, it renews it renews those feelings as mm-hmm. when you sh- when you share them as a new member and and you making those discoveries it's really fun so thank yeah. you for sharing that with us thank yeah, you for having sure. me thank you're you you're gonna for have to have me. like a part two book and a part three book and you're just gonna have to keep writing about because i have a feeling you're just gonna be one of those people that's just very receptive to miracles so yeah it's so <laughs> far so good that. but it's also like wow you know yeah wow yeah it's a lot wow. yeah so well, okay. do you have any last uh, thoughts or anything you'd like to leave people that are watching this podcast you'd like to share? I I just want people to know that that they matter. You know what I mean? Even if they feel like they don't, even if they feel insignificant or small, like nobody will notice them, you know, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's a reason to live. And. Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ, they notice you. They can see you from where they are. And they have plans for you. And they love you. I love that. Awesome. I I think that's the perfect, just the perfect ending to this whole show. Um, Gosh, Mika, you are incredible. I want to be your best friend. So. You can just come visit me in Texas. I'll go head out to Cincinnati. We'll just, we'll hang out. It'll be awesome. (laughs) That will be so awesome. Yes. Oh, man. That is so cool. All right. Well, for our listeners, guys, thank you so much for tuning in today and for hearing this incredible story. Um, Mika's story, it has just been, it's been, I feel like I can't even believe that it's already been an hour because it it was so good. It was just so good. Um, 
Guys, make sure that you you leave a comment. Let us know what your favorite part of Mika's story was and um, head over and and check out that link and grab her book and stuff like that. I think that that would be fantastic to to get to read even more about these miracles and this fun journey that she's been on. And um, if you guys have a story that you'd like to share, please, please, please reach out to us. We would love to hear from you. You can head over to our site, latterdaylights.com. At the bottom of the page, there's a little form you can fill out. We would love to hear what your stories are. Um, I think it's so important. Just like Miga was saying earlier, you know, like, like there is a place for everyone in the church. There is a place for everyone's story here on this podcast. And we love being able to share your stories of faith and inspiration and truth. Um, so just listeners, make sure that you're reaching out to us and letting us know if, if you have a story to share, or if you know someone who does, we would, we would love to have you guys on as a guest. Yeah, definitely. And don't forget to go hit that share button and get this story out there. Let's, let's share Mika's story and, and share some light with the world. Right, Mika? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks again for being on the show. And it was a, it was a blast. Mm-hmm. And we will have another episode next week. So till then, have a great week. And we'll talk to you then. We'll see you. Bye, guys. Bye.